Story Boyle Radio on the Wicked Housewives on Cape Cod Radio Network. This show explores what it means to live a healthy, happy, and satisfying life. Cutting-edge insights and philosophies will be discussed with guests who range from entrepreneurs and health experts to pilots and award-winning authors. They are all just ordinary people who have to have done extraordinary things. Please join her on Thursday nights at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific. Now here is your host, Lori Boyle. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the show today. I have an awesome guest for you. Her name is Casey Kerr, and I met her because uh, she was a speaker here on Cape Cod at uh, Rose Dunn's uh, Lyceum Live. She has a uh, speaking circuit here on Cape Cod, and Casey was one of her guests, and I just thought she was so good that I wanted to share what she has to say with all of you. Now, I think you know my column in Women's Voices Magazine is about, uh, it's it's called Begin Where You Are Now, and it's about mostly people who are in transition. You've either transitioned between jobs or you've lost a job or you've made a big career change due to um, just because it's something you wanted to do or because an illness or something in your family for, for some reason and every just about every column I have, that person has made a transition, and we're going to hear about Casey's. But before I I uh, bring her on, I just want to tell you a little more about her. She's a speaker and a great speaker. She's a teacher and a personal development expert who helps people get what they want most. And she says it doesn't matter what it is. The more you want it, the more resistance you have to it. So... Casey helps you eliminate that resistance so you can stop procrastinating and making excuses and go get what you want. So Casey is going to tell us all about that. And so welcome, Casey. Hey there. Thank you so much, Larry. I'm so excited to be here and to get to talk to your audience. I'm thrilled. Thank you. Oh, you're very welcome. Uh, now, Casey, you yourself have been through a transition before you started Find Your Roar. So can you tell us how it started? Yeah, I can. It's funny. As you were talking about that, I, I remembered um, something that, that uh, was kind of in the back of my mind. Um, when I uh, I was in HR for uh, what felt like a million years, mm-hmm. maybe like 18, close to 20 years, HR and recruiting and uh, on the professional side. And I was doing pretty well, um, but I was starting to burn out of HR. I just had, you know, people all over me all the time who needed what they needed and wanted what they wanted. And uh, even though I had loved doing that kind of work, I felt like I was done. And at the same time, personally, I um, reached a point where I just wasn't at all happy with my life. I had suffered actually from depression uh, on and off for about 18 years, like treated for it and um, medicated and stuff like that. And uh, and I just, I wasn't loving life. I wasn't loving anything about it. I was in uh, a rut. I felt very stuck and very like, ugh, is this all there is? And uh, it was a really difficult period for me. And in 2005, right after uh, the new year, I just decided I can't live like this anymore. 
I'm not going to live like this anymore. There's more to life. There's, you know, I want to be happy. I want to feel good about myself. I want to wake up every day and feel like, yeah, let's get going. Um, and for me, I wasn't happy in my personal life. I wasn't happy in my business, in my career. Um, and so something had to change. I just finally reached that point where it wasn't okay anymore. I couldn't, um, you know, just keep saying it's going to get better, something's going to change, something's going to happen. I finally realized that nothing was going to change if I didn't change it myself. So I had no idea what I was going to do. Um, but I started to try new things and started to do some personal development work and some exploration to get a handle on, you know, why I felt the way I did and and how, more importantly, how I could change that. And so um, I decided to become a coach, and I got my certification. And um, as I was transitioning to start my own coaching business, I got fired. First time in my whole life I ever got fired. Um, Oh, my goodness. And it was... Yeah, it was it was a real shock to my system because I was getting married three months later. So it was like, oh my god, I'm, I'm oh, wow. you know about to get married. I have all this stuff going on, and I get fired out of nowhere. Um, and really, it was just a push. It was just a push from you know from nature, from the universe, from God, from some part of me that was like, you got to do something now, <laughs> you know, whether you're comfortable <laughs> with it or not. Um, and so since uh, my background had been in HR and recruiting, um, through my coaching certification, they kept telling me, you have to pick a niche, you got to specialize. So I thought I would, I would specialize in, oddly enough, people who are experiencing transitions, <laughs> you know, personal <laughs> ones and, and, uh, and professional ones. <clears throat> and that was really um, the thing that got me the most excited was, was having watched all these people for so long coming into me looking for a new job, you know, when they were in a rut and stuck and feeling like, ugh, I don't want to live like this anymore. It was amazing to me what kinds of things they thought were to blame for those feelings. They thought, you know, their boss, their commute, uh, the hours they were working, the company, the salary. Um, And after having, you know, probably thousands of those conversations with people, it was really obvious to me, if not to them, that it went deeper than that, you know, and there were enough people that I would put in positions and then talk to them five months later and nothing had changed or changed a little bit when they first started. And then as soon as the bloom wore off the rose, they were back in that rut again. And so... um, so I thought, you know, let me focus on the career piece of this. This, you know, this is where I have all this experience. But the more I did it, the more I realized this is just another uh, kind of red herring, if you will. You know, this is the thing you think is to blame. You focus all your attention on it, but it's really not that. It goes a lot deeper. And and that's really what prompted me uh, to start Find Your Roar. Um, believe it or not, my business, when I thought I was a career coach, was called Career Evolutions, which is so dry and so <laughs> not, it doesn't have, it's it's so unrelated to my personality and the kind of energy and passion that I have. And so I designed this workshop called Find Your Roar that was really meant to help people see 
you know, how much deeper this went and how you could create a life that would inspire you. And I realized, wait a minute, this isn't a class. This is this is the whole thing. Let me <laughs> let me shift my gears yes, a little bit yeah. here. And uh and so that's how this was born really, was was helping me through my transition. And you know how it is, as soon as you find something that that works for you and that helps you, you want to share it with as many people as you can, right? So Oh, that's really how this was born. Yeah. And I've I've found that, too, that really the the problems you're having, like either you're not getting the job that you want or you're not closing the sale or you have problems with time management, it's really something much deeper that's at work that you really have to get to first. And Casey, you do that. Um, How do you do that? Give us an example, perhaps. Uh, let's see. Well, uh, some of the biggest problems that people come to me with, uh, probably probably 80% of the people that I work with are trying to improve their business. Most of them are doing something that is um, deeply meaningful to them. It's either born out of a transition they experienced, some kind of, you know, uh, awakening of some sort or a real, you know, realization moment like, okay, this is it. Um, I I can't not do this. I have to do this. This is so important to me. I want to share this with people. So they usually come to me um, because they're procrastinating. They're procrastinating to the point of feeling like, oh, I can't I can't do this anymore. Like I have, you know, this to-do list that's getting longer and longer by the minute, and, you know, I I find myself totally unable to do the things that are going to get me clients and move my business forward, like making sales calls and, you know, putting yourself out there and promoting yourself. And so they automatically think because they're busy and they're doing a whole bunch of things at the same time, they're really assuming that time management is their issue or, you know, that they're very disorganized because there's stuff everywhere and they, they aren't really certain what the priorities are. So they think that's the, the main problem. And, you know, they're convinced of it. And they've probably tried a ton of different things from, you know, calendar management to having some kind of an accountability buddy or somebody who's going to hold them, you know, really accountable and hold their feet to the flame to to take these actions and to do these things on their to-do list. Um, and what I know is as soon as we start to talk about, you know, well, what is it that you're doing? What is it that you need to do that you can't get yourself to do? And they'll explain to me, well, I have to make sales calls and I just can't get myself to do it. You know, I I work from home, I have kids, I have a husband, they have all kinds of needs, I'm constantly being interrupted, you know, I, I just, I don't have a space that's all my own, I have just a little spot where, you know, it's all cluttered and there's a ton of stuff around. And there might be a grain of truth to, uh, there usually is, in fact, a grain of truth to what some of these surface-level problems are. Like, would it be easier if you didn't have people, you know, tugging on you, asking you for for help for to do this? Can you find this for me, Mama? Can you do this? Can you do that? Um, yeah, it, they would certainly have more time. And would they benefit from having less clutter? Absolutely. Could they be more organized, have better systems? Yeah. But that's not at the crux of it. And you can tell that, by the way, that they absolutely will do almost anything else other than what that thing is. 
and they still need to feel like they're being productive and like they're getting something done. So they're not sitting around all day, you know, eating eating candy or talking on the phone to their friends. They're doing laundry or they're doing, you know, they're they're clearing up the clutter or they're doing something that feels like it's productive, only it's not productive at all toward their goals, toward the desire that they want. And and when you give them the perfect set of circumstances to undertake this action and they still can't do it um, and they tell you that they don't want to appear pushy or salesy or, you know, that that starts to trip, tip you off that this is going deeper than just disorganization or clutter or not wanting to be pushy. There, there's something else um, that's going on here. And um, and a lot of it revolves around the kind of pressure that they put on themselves. This is one thing that I see all the time where somebody who's doing work or wants to do work in a bigger way that is in line with their purpose and what they're excited about and what they feel like is important in the world, as soon as you put that out there and you want to do that, all of a sudden all of your own personal fears and insecurities come right to the forefront. They're right there for you to have to deal with, to have to get over. And so many of us, you know, you hear all the time, what's your why? You know, make sure that, that the reason you're doing something is is deep and strong and important enough to keep you going when it gets tough. And uh, there's absolutely truth in that. But for a lot of people, there's a tipping point where your why, you know, that thing that's so important to you, becomes like a weight around your neck that that just keeps pulling you under because you feel so responsible for it and you feel so connected to it. And when you're not doing it in the way that you want to, when you know you're not doing your best and you know you're not, you're not, um, you know, leaving, leaving, how do the athletes say it? I left it all on the field. You know that you're not leaving mm-hmm. it all on the field, right? You know that you're not doing everything that you can possibly be doing. That eats at you, and that turns into guilt and shame. And so I see so many times with people who have this, you know, this business or this career or this movement that they feel so strongly about that they just have to share with other people, um, and now it's an albatross around their neck that they can't get rid of, and it just puts them in a place where that weight is so heavy they can't move it to take the action that they need to take. They're just so exactly. um, kind of busy beating up on themselves that that's all they have energy for. <laughs> right, exactly. And I think in your talk you said uh, something that really uh, resonated with me. Here you are on paper and, you know, you look at your resume, you look at your accomplishments, all that kind of stuff, and then you say, okay, this person wants to achieve whatever their goal is, and certainly on paper it looks like, of course they could do that, but something's holding them back, and that's the thing you want to get to. Now, Casey, yes. in your experience, what have some of those things turned out to be? Um, when you say what are some of the things, you mean some of the things that are holding people back? Right. What or- was the underlying cause? Um, you know, they, they're having a problem with time management, but you've actually found out it's something deeper. What's that something deeper that you got to? Well, for most of us, it really stems back to what my dad calls original sin. You know, this feeling that you're not good enough, 
that you're a fraud, that if people find out, you know, that you're not as smart as you seem or not as hardworking or not as confident or not as courageous or not as efficient or not as whatever, they feel they're terrified that when people discover that about them, that they're not perfect and that they have weaknesses and flaws and challenges, they feel like once people know the truth that that they'll be uh, less impressed and follow that spectrum all the way down to uh, feeling totally betrayed by someone or feeling totally like, oh, you know, how could I have ever thought they they were worthy at all? Those are the fears that a lot of us carry inside of us because we think we're not good enough. And the funniest part about that is that when you think about the people who impress you the most, they're usually they usually come with a story of some kind of adversity that they've overcome or some kind of, you know, regular life challenge that they're that they're facing and beating every single day. So why we feel when we internalize that like that makes us you know, a pariah or a loser or a fraud is is really twisted when you think about it because it's the very same thing that we admire so much in other people, yet we think when it's in us, it's different. Um, right. And it's one thing true. that when... I... Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Go well, ahead. I was going to say, one one of the things that I've learned recently is that every single one of us has... Um, we either believe that life is valuable just for the sake of existing, like just because you have the spark of life in you, you are valuable, and so is everyone else. You either believe that or you don't. And if you don't believe that life is valuable, your life, that just for being alive, you are therefore good enough um, and worthy and valuable, if you don't believe that, then you're constantly thinking that what makes you valuable is something that you do or something that you um, you share or that you offer to the world. In other words, that it comes in the form of something that you're like an ability or um, a trait or a characteristic or an action or a sport or an expertise. So there are a whole bunch of people in the world who just don't believe that they're valuable for, for the fact that they're alive. And because of that, they're constantly trying to make themselves worthy by producing something. And so now mm-hmm. that puts you in a position where if you think that your worth is in how nice you are or how uh, how great of a speaker you are or how well you cook or how much you help other people with their problems, you can see how dangerous that can get because now in order to feel good about yourself, you're going to put that on high. You're going to be doing that constantly. That's going to be the thing that you trot out every time that you don't feel good about yourself. So if you're exactly. a procrastinator, right, so you're somebody who um, is desperate to tell the world about, I don't know, something that you feel, uh, global warming, let's say that's your thing, and that, you know, you're here to be a messenger to talk about global warming. Well, if you're a mother who doesn't believe that her value is in being alive, but it's in her value is in helping the people that she loves, then any time she's going to be going out to do her global warming 
stuff, whether it's to write articles about it or to go give a talk about it or to go pick it someplace. And her kids come to her and they say, Mom, we need this, we need this, we need that, last minute, like kids always do. What do you think she's going to do? Even though the global warming stuff is deeply important to her, she absolutely validates herself and thinks that her primary function on Earth is to help the people that she loves. So she's going to put the global warming aside, and she's going to go and take care of her kids. Now, you know, if your kids are in trouble or they really need you in that moment, then that's your job. But if your kid can't find, you know, his blue sock and you put everything down so that you can go find that other sock and you do this all day long, you can see how you turn into somebody who, wow, you look great on paper. You've got all these skills and all this stuff that you're doing and you're so passionate about global warming, but you're so busy chasing your family around and making sure that your house is spotless and that every need that they have is taken care of, it sidetracks you from what your mission is. And and that exactly. happens all over the place, right? Right, yes. And, I, you know, I think what I hear you saying is that you have to believe that your value is innate that you, yes. it doesn't come from something external. It's something within yourself. And Absolutely. if you don't believe that, if you don't have that core belief about yourself, it's going to be very difficult uh, to go through life because whatever it is you've 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 hung your hat on, you know, I'm a nice person or I'm a good mother and or, you know, I'm I'm great at this particular job and that particular job is taken away or you're a mother of kids who are leaving the the nest, going to college and getting married and things like that. Now your self-worth is spiraling out of control. And you don't know what to do. You start start getting lost uh, until you can, which will probably lead to some kind of transformation, and then that's Mm -hmm. when you find out what it is that's going on with you. So, I mean, it's it's so critically important, I think, you know, to it is, if and, you're if you're in that if you're in that that situation that you have a conversation with Casey, you know, that she offers a 15-minute free consultation to kind of help you uh get to where you want to go and she'll tell you how she can how she can help you do that. So, I would urge you to give her a call, email her through um her website, findyourroar.com, or Casey at findyourroar.com. But um, Casey, Can tell I us about one... some of the transformations. Oh, sure, absolutely. Go ahead. I just want to say one thing is that the really scary part of, of, of what we just talked about is that though when you're in that spot, you probably would never in a million years think that the real culprit is I'm not good enough because it's so deep, it's so insidious that you, you're not even aware of it. If everyone knew that that was one of the things that was really holding them back, they would be addressing it. But all these other symptoms are so big and they're so loud and they're so in your face that it really seems like, oh, my problem is just time management. It's so obvious. Um, so it, right. it's like that makes it so much harder because when I say to you, well, I think you have uh, an enoughness issue. You can't believe how often people are like, no, I really don't. I really believe that I have the potential to do so much. Um, you know, I don't think that's my problem. And so it's it becomes, for me, a matter of educating them and helping them to see how deep it goes. 
so anyway, um, mm-hmm. you were about to ask me another question. I just wanted to uh, to really highlight that piece of it. <laughs> oh, yeah, exactly, exactly. So can you tell us about some of your success stories, maybe in just sort of a roundabout way? You don't have to point anyone in particular out, but um, what have people been able to do once they've gotten to this point where they where they know what's holding them back? And sometimes... Even just knowing what's holding you back, it goes away because you've identified it and you go, oh, I don't need that anymore, you know? Exactly. So, yeah, so, yeah, so give us an example. Well, I've, I've, had, uh, I've had people pull themselves up out of debt. I've had, uh, recently I have a couple of clients who have gotten pregnant after uh, being, you know, going through infertility treatments for, One of them was doing it for over a year, um, and her fears and all of her stuff around, you know, her own insecurities coupled with her financial situation and and her husband's um, insecurity and his fears and his panic around what they could afford and couldn't afford and is this the right time and all that stuff made it impossible for her to get pregnant when she's incredibly healthy and, you know, there had all the right numbers and there was no reason for her not to be able to get pregnant. So, you know, working through a lot of this stuff with her finally allowed her to get pregnant. And I had a second client who whose journey was a little less uh, dramatic, but still same kind of a deal where they'd been trying for, you know, a year, year and a half with no luck at all, despite being incredibly young and healthy and fit and doing all the right things. And so finally, once we worked through some of her um, issues, pregnancy, boom, happens right away. Um, I've had people... Go ahead. That's funny because that's the kind of thing that happens sometimes you hear about where a couple has wanted a child um, for the longest time and then they adopt one and then immediately uh, the the wife gets pregnant. You know, you kind of hear those stories. I actually know a couple that that went through that, but it was like, well, all the fear and, and dread is over with because we've already got this wonderful child and then they just have another one. So, yeah, yeah I, you I, know, the, I've heard of that. The, I've seen it. Like earlier when I was saying that, you know, your purpose, sometimes your passion, your business, whatever your it is, um, can turn into this weight around your neck that just weighs you down. Well, it's not just that way when it's your purpose and it's a business. It's that way when it's whatever the it is that you want so badly because you have so much resistance to it. But as soon as you let the resistance go because you don't need it, you recognize there's a point where wanting something so badly, as long as it stays something that you want, you can you know, you can focus on that and use that as as a motivator. But as soon as it shifts into being something that you believe you need, now you're getting into territory where this is where in a in a roundabout way what you're saying is, I don't believe in myself. I don't believe I can survive without this thing. Whatever that is, whether it's a baby, whether it's you know, a spouse, uh, your business, a dream, a certain amount of money, whatever it is, as soon as that becomes a need where you think, you know, you're less for not having it and it will complete you or it will prove, you know, that you're good enough or it will prove that you're whatever, um, that's the point at which it starts to elude you. So as soon as you really face it and you recognize I want this with all my heart, but I'll be okay if I don't get it. 
as soon as you do that, you take all the tension away, and it just falls to the ground. There's no tension left. So in that moment, now it's easier for you to actually get what you want. That's why that happens so often with women and pregnancies. I mean, that's exactly what it is. You no longer need this because, oh, you just adopted the baby. You got, you've got it, right? So you don't need it anymore. And now that there's no need, there's no tension. So boom, <laughs> there's no resistance anymore. So boom, you get pregnant. It's magic. And I hope, that's exactly I hope people that want to get pregnant are listening to you right now. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it's funny. That's why I feel like that's why it took me so long um, to really get comfortable promoting myself because I'm not a business coach. But I help women get what they want in their business. I'm not, you know, a dating coach, but I've helped people to put themselves in a position where then they meet the person that they're going to marry um, because, again, they don't have any resistance to the alternative anymore. So for me, it was really hard to say what I did because I'm helping people across, you know, solve whatever problem it is in their life. But the common denominator is that it's something that they want really badly, whether it's a successful business or a family or, you know, a promotion or to to reach this level of income or, you know, to start this kind of a movement, whatever whatever the it is. <laughs> right, so right, that's exactly. so broad, so, you know. Um, so thank uh-huh. you for asking me well, what, what kinds of results I've gotten. I appreciate that. Oh sure, yeah, exactly. It's finding out what that, uh, what your core problem is, and that is going to open up all areas of your life, not just your business. If you think you're just having a problem with business, but it's going to open up other areas of your life. Uh, we're going to take a quick break, and then we're going to come back with Casey Kerr. So just hold on a second. Hey, Jenna, have you seen the TV show Wicked Housewives on Cape Cod on Channel 99? OMG, I love that show. It's with Kathleen O'Keefe Cannabis. She's an international best-selling author and Lori Boyle, the CEO of Lori Boyle Media. Right. They're hosting a personal development seminar, Retreat for the Soul. It's about your dreams, meditation, healing, and the subconscious mind. Ooh. It sounds fun. And rejuvenating. Let's go. Where do we sign up? Their website, wickedhousewivesoncapecod.com. Did you know that you can use your own radio show to promote your business and become a celebrity in your area or industry? Do you have a great idea for a radio show or a passion that you would like to share with other like-minded people? The Wicked Housewives on Cape Cod Radio and TV hosts Kathleen O'Keefe Cannabis and Lori Boyle will show you how. Go to wickedhousewivesoncapecod.com. Do you have a great story to tell or do you want to write your memoir? Best-selling author Kathleen O'Keefe Cannabis and Lori Boyle, CEO of Lori Boyle Media, are the hosts of the Wicked Housewives on Cape Cod TV and radio shows. Join their Writer's Workshop Intensive to get writing and get published. Go to wickedhousewivesoncapecod.com. Hi, everyone. We're back with Casey Kerr from Find Your Roar at findyourroar.com. You can email her at casey at findyourroar.com, and you can have a free 15-minute uh, phone consultation to see what Casey could do for you personally. She also has a free download on her website up in the right-hand corner at findyourroar.com. So, Casey, we were talking about basically transition in life 
Um, you know, maybe someone's leaving their job, starting a new business, um, a divorce, something like that. So what kind of guidance do you do you have for them to make it easier? Yeah. The very best thing that you could do, the thing that is the simplest and has the, the quickest results, is to change your perspective. The way that you look at things, at the world, at people, at interactions, at you know events that you're experiencing, the way that you see that and interpret it is what sets the tone for how you feel generally. And then how you feel sets the tone for what kinds of choices you make, what kinds of decisions you make, what kinds of actions you take. So the, the very um, most fundamental thing that you can do, the simplest thing to do is change your perspective. Like Wayne Dyer said in um, The Power of Intention, when you change the things you look at, when you change the way you look at things, the things you look at change. And I remember mm-hmm. reading that like 10 years ago and and not fully appreciating how powerful a statement that was and how powerful an activity that, that is. So, um, so I, far and away, that to me is the easiest thing. So if you're someone who normally, you know, looks at things and thinks, all right, uh, I got to prepare myself for the worst here. This could go really badly. What are some of the problems I need to, I, I could encounter? Um, you know, how can I avoid those problems? How can I prevent this from happening or, you know, keep myself from falling into that trap? And you're constantly looking ahead kind of with fear. And and, and I'm not making a judgment about that because sometimes based on the life that you've had um, and your past experiences and relationships that you've had and everything else, you, you have good reason to feel cautious and Um, you know, feeling a need to protect yourself. But when you go through life expecting the worst and being afraid of what might happen, then it keeps you thinking small. It keeps you thinking of how you can, um, you know, avoid disaster and calamity. And so when you do that, you wind up sort of compromising what it is that you really want because you don't want to walk away empty-handed. You want to you want to walk away with something, right? And so mm-hmm. people constantly will take what they can get because they think it's better to leave with something than with nothing. But really when you think about it, you didn't have that thing to start with, so you're not losing anything. So if you put yourself all in, then the worst that can happen is you don't get it and you you try it again, <laughs> but somehow right. in our right, but somehow in our minds, especially if you're wired this way, and I and I was wired that way by nature, um, so I was constantly coming up short, even though I had all the skills, all the experience, all the drive, all the passion, all the everything that I needed to to be successful, I was constantly coming up short, and it's because I was always trying to save myself from the disappointment or the potential failure or, you know, looking like a fool or, you know, any of those things. So mm-hmm. so the the very first thing that, that has the hugest impact is to just change the way that you see things, the way that you interpret them. It makes all the difference in the world. Remember um, Tony Robbins writes in um, 
what is it, Reawakening the Giant, where he talks about being in Hawaii for this um, big, like, eclipse, a solar eclipse. And he his whole approach is like, you know, always find the best way to look at things because that shapes your whole life. And he talked about how he was in this really incredibly beautiful spot, probably one of the most beautiful spots in the world, and there were hundreds of people there to see this eclipse. And that it was really short and there were some clouds that got in the way. So some people were standing there in the middle of paradise and they looked up and they were like, are you kidding me? This is it? This is what I stayed up, you know, or got up super early to watch or stayed up super late to see? And they were really disappointed by it. And the other half of the crowd was like, wow, I can't believe I'm so lucky that I'm witnessing one of nature's miracles in one of the most beautiful places on earth. Now, of those two groups of people, who do you think is more successful in life? Who do you think is more happy? Who do you think has more joy? It's the people who are saying, I'm so happy to be here and have this experience. Even if it was a little, you know, if it wasn't everything that you expected, um, so that's your perspective. And so some of those people walked away deeply disappointed and feeling totally taken advantage of, you know, like uh, whoever whoever told them about it needs to be taken to task <laughs> because it wasn't as great yeah. as they thought it was going to be versus the people who thought this was one of the most awesome experiences of my life. It has a huge impact. So that's that's always the first place where I suggest that people begin. Right. So you want to... Uh, even if it's about yourself, you want to rewrite the story. You know, rewrite the story in a a positive way that you can look at it. Now, you do that with with probably just about everybody that uh, talks to you about this stuff, but you have a way of of doing it with some principles that um, you've you've become aware of and that you've started to use. Can you give us some examples of those? Yeah, So one of my favorites is, um, and I use this as a mantra, um, is that when I'm faced with something that could go either well or badly, um, I just stop and I say to myself, I'm okay either way. I'm okay either way. My old way of doing yeah, it it calms me down immediately, and I'm like, Ooh, uh-huh. everything's going to be okay. Now, that doesn't mean that every single, um, you know, result that I'm looking for, I'm going to get. It doesn't mean that. It means that no matter what happens, I'm going to be okay. Even if the worst happens, even if I get the most upsetting, dreadful news, I'm going to be okay either way. And and so it doesn't mean I have to control and make sure that the outcome is what I hope it's going to be. It means that I know I can let go of an, of the need to know how this is going to turn out, what details are going to happen, you know, what the end result is going to be, because it doesn't matter. Even if I don't get what I think I want, I'm still going to be all right. And when I apply that in the moment of when I'm nervous or afraid or or I catch myself clenching like I want to control everything or my big one where I try to avoid, you know, problems, um, I just say to myself, I'm okay either way. And then I, I calm down. I relax. And and that is often that. enough. Yeah, it's it's so simple. 
Another it one is, is it's so simple. Right? Another one is yes. it's not what you do or don't do, it's how you feel. So when faced with a decision of should I or shouldn't I, I used to get my undies all in a bunch over do I do it or do I not do it? You know, what are the ramifications if I do it or don't do it? You know, what's going to happen? How does this play out? What are the ripple effects? And now I recognize, oh, it doesn't matter. What matters is how good I feel. So I make a decision now, and instead of allowing myself to feel guilty about it, like I'll, I'll give you a, like a real life example. Um, I was uh, writing some copy for the program that I'm launching, and marketing copy for me is like, oh, I hate doing it. I hate doing it. I used to hate doing it. I'm shifting. I used <laughs> to hate doing it because I felt like I was terrible at it, and I would just sit down and and you know nothing would come to me, and then I would put all this pressure on myself. So it was just always a torturous experience. So the past couple of weeks I've been um, doing it for this um, program launch that I'm so excited about. And I made a decision one day. I was like, oh, I have the opportunity to either go out and have um, a nice meeting with this awesome woman that I didn't know very well and who um, I felt like would be somebody great for me to know and develop a relationship with. I could go and have a nice lunch with her and spend a couple hours just really enjoying that whole experience, or I could, uh, you know, sit home and, and batten down the hatches and just write the copy. And instead I said, no, you know what? <laughs> I'm going to take a break from the copy. This is coming along nicely. I've, I've, you know, made a lot of progress with this. I'm going to go have that lunch. Now, months ago or a year ago, I might have been like, trying to rush through it and feel a little guilty for it and, you know, so I could come right home and, and get back to work again and I wouldn't have had as, as good a time. And this time I said, no, it's not about what I do or don't do. It's how I feel about it. And so I totally enjoyed myself. And, you know, doesn't it turn out that there are all these opportunities for me to um, to work with her, to, to do all this other stuff? She opened up possibly a whole new area of business for me that that I thought was years down the line turned out to be like in my lap in that moment because I was really focused on feeling good, not blowing it off, not blowing off the writing, not saying I don't have to do that, it's not important, but just really being in that moment of making sure that when I make a decision to do something, I get fully behind it, and I know that whether I do it or don't do it is not as important as how I feel about the decision that I made. Or even if, you know, you're going back and forth about should I uh, – do this or that? Should I make this decision? Should I change the name of my business? Um, you know, normally you would make the decision and then you would second guess yourself or you'd go, you'd either be really excited about it or if you were not sure, you'd keep coming back to, did I do the right thing? Did I do the right thing? And my point is, it doesn't even matter if the name is the greatest name in the world or if it's not. How you feel about it is what impacts the people around you. That's what impacts everything. It's not that you did it or you didn't do it. It's I did it and I feel good about it and I'm rolling with this because when you do, you build yourself up from the inside out. You gain confidence in your abilities. You start to feel mm -hmm. stronger. And so even if it turns out that it was a mistake, it won't matter because 
because you've already gotten the benefit out of it, which is that you feel stronger for doing it. Does that make sense? Oh, absolutely. It's it. I what I hear you saying is, you know, it's not a guarantee that you're going to always choose the correct answer or make the right decision. You're going to make mistakes. That's yes. that's all part of it. But it's it's more about like owning your feelings and owning the decision, and then saying, you know, I'm okay either way. Even if this is the wrong one, it's still going to be all right. You know, even if it doesn't if it doesn't turn out because Sometimes when it doesn't turn out, something better, oh, this this is even better anyway, you know, and those are kind of the big decisions you have to make as an entrepreneur that sometimes you don't make so much as an employee, but you make it in different areas of your life. But entrepreneurs get to wear so many hats that, uh, you know, they get to feel resistance on different fronts in the same day, you know, some Exactly, a million times a day. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And, some people and, don't want to and, make the phone calls. Someone doesn't like the uh, computer, you know. I mean, so, so you get to have that resistance come up all the time. <laughs> exactly. And, you know, if you if you look at um, the corrosiveness that's involved with you second-guessing yourself, even if you pick the right answer and you still second-guess yourself and doubt yourself, that's what emanates out. That's what goes out into what I call your ecosystem. That's what people feel. That's what people sense. So it doesn't matter that you picked an awesome name and the name is like, everyone's like, wow, what a great name. But you're kind of apologizing about it and saying, oh, do you think so? How do you feel? Do you think that's good? Do you think people will like that? That's not attractive. That That's the right. part of it that turns people off. That's why, let's say you make a decision and you come up with a terrible name, but you puff your chest up about it and you're like, yeah, I feel good about this. That's that's what invites those opportunities of, oh, I didn't get the results that I wanted. I got something better because you allowed it by feeling really good and rippling out into your ecosystem that level of confidence and of strength and of power, and that's what people respond to. We're all animals. So, so from a very visceral place, that's the kind of stuff that people respond to. They respond to that strength and that power. That's what makes it easier for some people to get clients than others or for some people to get, you know, the job or the promotion than it is for others. That's what makes that's what when you're in transition, when everything around you is totally uncertain and unsure, if you can be that steady steady strong, you know, solid being If that's inside of you and that's what you're walking around out there in the world, meeting people and integrating with people and talking and listening and, you know, just having a regular life experience, the more solid you are on the inside, the more the stuff around you matters less and less. So that's why, especially when you're in a transitional phase, the most important thing you can do is go within and strengthen that because everything around you, you don't have any control over any of that, none of it. You don't have control over other people, over their decisions, over their opinions, their impressions. The only thing that you have control of is yourself. So it's worth it to spend some time strengthening yourself from the inside out so that you can go out into the world and deal with it knowing that you're solid. And that's what people respond to. 
It's that sense of self. That's your roar. That's That's your roar. roar. I got to do it. Can you you let me roar? Is that okay? Roar! There you go. <laughs> yeah, she did that. Casey did that at at the uh, at our presentation. It was great. Everybody everybody loved it. It's so funny. Um, now tell us, Casey, about your new launch about take control, and tell us how that's going to work and how we can sign up and and all that yeah. stuff. I'm so excited about this because this was life-changing for me personally. Every single thing that I teach is something that um, I started to do for myself to to sort out my own problems, my own challenges, my own issues. And so with Take Control, it was really born out of the idea that um, exactly what I just said a second ago, that if you don't have control over yourself, if you do not feel solid in yourself, then that's what you bring out into the world. That's what you put out into the world. And that's what makes all of your experiences, whether it's you know, starting your business, getting a new job, going back into the workforce, um, dealing with your health or somebody else's health or you know, becoming a mother or any of that stuff. If, if you don't have control of yourself, then you're going to run into problems every place else. And so this program is really... Um, probably the most fundamental one that I have because I am teaching people how to take control of themselves, of their emotions, of their story, of the way that they respond and react to everything that happens to them in the world. Because once you have that control, that's all you need. That is all you need. If you think about you know, the trouble that you have, the challenges that you have, even when they're you know, real-life circumstances that are kind of beating down your door, it's the way you feel about them. It's the way you feel about your options, your possibilities, and your life that make the difference between having something good happen, getting what you want, feeling good about the direction you're moving in, or feeling like, oh, this isn't going to work. So this program is an opportunity for me to teach people all of the different techniques to do that. And and what was born out of the group that I just did it with, my, my beta group, was that I realized we learned watching these um, women go through this process that there are a whole bunch of different ways that you can take control of your emotions, of your story, of your responses. And so I started with one key way, one key technique, and then through my own experiences and through watching them, realized that I needed more of those. And so we came up with probably 10 different hands-on techniques that you can use in the moment to completely calm yourself down and really regain control and composure so that you see more clearly, you know, what's going to be best for you, how to react in the moment. And the beautiful thing about the stuff in Take Control and really everything that I do is that there's uh, what I call the micro and the macro. The micro is really in the moment, right? And the macro is more like, generally speaking, how do you feel about your life? What's a guiding principle? What, what's your value? So every single thing that I teach, you can use in the moment where you say to yourself, 
is this the best way for me to do it right now? And you can also look at it from that big picture perspective. And it's amazing how when you apply these principles in the moment, you know, to that moment when you're feeling fear or that moment of indecision, what should I do, how, how much more empowering that is. So I'm really excited about this because I've, I've had um, women who started this as a total, you know, wreck. This one woman who has come such a long way in this program started off um, with what I call money cancer so bad that she couldn't even talk about spending money. It made her so stressed out and so guilty, and she had all, so many money issues. And during the course of the program, she won a free cruise. Um, she ended up having, um, you know, money kind of coming out of nowhere for her. There were, there were all these experiences that she had where she was like, oh, my God, I, I feel like a totally different person. Um, it's, it's just been amazing. Yeah, that's, in, that's incredible. It really is true. When you, when you decide you're going to take control, and we're not talking your con- you can control anything external because most of the time you can't. It's it's controlling your own emotions and how you're going to think about it and how you're going to respond to it. And that's the big key that, um, you know, everyone has problems with. I mean, if you're dealing with any of these issues that we've been talking about, and I think I'm talking to you about 100% of the people who are listening right now, <laughs> including me, um, you know, take advantage of this program. I mean, every time I hear you speak, I learn something else and I go, Oh my God, that's incredible! So, um, absolutely. So, sign. How can we sign up for your program? So, um, the program starts on uh, has started March thirtieth, and but you know it's it's not too late uh, to get in. So, there are um, there's a, a the link for it. It's kind of a cumbersome one. What is it? It's find your roar dot lead pages l e a d p a g e s dot co forward slash take t a k e dash control and that is the registration page so on there um is the all the information about the program about the investment about the length of time um it's it's going to be so awesome and i i have some i'm doing um did a training seminar to talk about it and to give people a little taste of what I'll be teaching. And so um, if you send me an email, I can send you the link to that training so that you can um, so that you can see whether or not this is something that appeals to you. And like you mentioned earlier, I also really encourage people to take me up on my offer of a 15-minute of a discovery session. It really just is a great opportunity for me to see whether or not what is challenging you is something that I can help you with. And uh and and I know who's a good fit for me and who's not and um and after 15 minutes if if uh you know it doesn't feel like a good fit for one reason or another, then at least during that time I'll know better who else might be able to help you or what might be a better fit for you and I make those recommendations all the time. So um, if you send an email to me at Casey at findyourroar dot com, um, <laughs> we can we can set up one of those fifteen minute chats and see if the program's a good fit for you. It's very affordable too because my whole 
plan with this is to make it as available to as many people as possible because I really believe that this is this is so critical to creating a better world. I mean, if every single one of us is the best version of ourselves, then imagine what this world would be like. I mean, imagine what your neighborhood yeah. would be like if everyone in it was being the best version of themselves. So this is something I want to spread. <laughs> I want to share. Oh, absolutely. So, now, this yeah. is a, it's a combination of, like, your your own um you know, sort of do stuff on your own, you have homework, and then you get together with you, you have a conversation, right, at different Yeah, at so different the points. way that it works, yeah, I, I, I set this up because people work at their own pace and everybody has different things going on. So the way that I do this is kind of best of both worlds um, from programs I've been in where I send people the modules of the content. It comes in audio, you know, video, and um, and PDFs, templates, worksheets. So you'll get those ahead of time and you'll get to go through them at your own pace. And then every other week we have a group call where people can ask questions about, you know, hey, Casey, this is what's going on in my real life. How do I apply this? I'm, I'm trying this. That's not making sense. I'm having a hard time with this. Or, oh, I tried this here and this really had a huge impact on me. Or here's what I've discovered about myself based on, you know, what I just learned. What's the next step for me? So, you get to do it at your own pace and then bring your questions to the call, bring your real life to the call so that I can help you to integrate it more deeply. Um, and and that has, has been a really good way for people to absorb it um, at their own pace, doing what, getting out of it what they need, and then coming to the call for, you know, for taking it deeper and for having it become a little bit more real for them. And uh, and we record all the calls, so if you miss it or if you have to leave early, you can still get the benefit of it. Um, and we're doing it every other week as opposed to every week because what we found is that the, you know when you're looking at your whole life and looking at the things that 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 you want to change, then um, you need a little bit of time to absorb all of that. So we do it every right. other week instead of every week, and it's much less overwhelming that way. And how long is the program? So the program is um, technically there are eight modules, but we're doing it every other week, so it winds up stretching out over, say, 16 weeks, even though there's eight weeks of content because we're doing it every other week. So, okay. um, And so and that what's actually – what's the what? What's What's the fee? How much does it cost? Oh, the investment for the program. So the, I was just about to say that because we're stretching it out over over four months, I, I give people an opportunity to either pay up front the the single pay, which is five ninety seven, or if they want to stretch it out over, um, I think it's three payments of I want to say it's two thirty seven, but don't quote me on that because I'm I'm not. 100% certain, but that certainly makes it more affordable for people who, you know, for whom money is a challenge. And most of the exactly. people that I work with have money as a challenge. So this <laughs> yeah, this has a huge have, we all impact have a challenge, on that. Believe me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right. Oh, that's wonderful. All right. I encourage you to sign up for Casey's program. This has been Casey Kerr with Find Your Roar at findyourroar.com, and you can email her. <laughs> Casey at findyourroar.com. Thank you so much for being with us. We'll see you next time. Thanks, Laurie. Thank you for spending this time with us. 
We sincerely hope that you have enjoyed the show. If you would like to comment or have an idea for the show or have a question for Lori or for one of her guests, please visit her on Facebook on her website where you will find this show and previous shows archived. Join us again next Thursday at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific. Until then, have a great week.